What's good, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman Podcast, where I have go-win conversations with fabulous people uh, because I love when people share their story. And I believe that three things happen when people share their story. We learn from them and about them. Uh, We are inspired by them and we connect. And in that connection, I believe that community happens. And I love to say, not only do I say go win, I say community wins. And I truly believe that. And that's the reason I love to get people like my friend Bryson Baker in so we can talk about his story, just have a conversation about all the awesome things that he is doing. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to try to downplay his coolness, his style, (laughs) uh, his entrepreneurship. This guy's in theater. He's in barber school and owns a barber shop. Now, who in barber school and on... And yeah. on a barber shop. Yeah, well, definitely a unicorn in the order, yeah. for sure, that I own the shop first, and now I'm in barber school. So definitely a, a unicorn there and a humbling experience. You know, people are used to coming into the shop and expecting a certain caliber, and I just moved to the floor yesterday, and I'm sitting there shaking with my safety razor. That guy owns it. So, yeah. Yeah. So. So you're on the floor finally at your own shop? No, at the I'm school. At, at the school. Okay, okay, yes, okay, okay. Yes, I've got so, many, many more months. So yeah. How many hours? Just, it just derailing my whole thing. See, but it's okay. That's all right. I'm sorry. This no. is this is how we go, Hedy. Yes. Uh, you're good hype, man. I've never been on this side of the intro. Yeah. It's good. I'm hyped up. I'm ready to go. 1,500 hours. So oh, it's, a, wow. it's a lot. It's a it lot, is a and lot. especially for me, uh, going part time. Um, even longer. So I'm, I'm playing, playing the long road. The cool thing though, as an entrepreneur, if you're going to be one of the, one of the best, there's a, there's a, this thing of like speed, but then there's this thing of like marathon. Yeah. You kind of, kind of play both. And it sure. sounds like as far as this goes, it's definitely going to be a more of a marathon and not speed. And so the patience has to kick in, right? Everything in and, my life. Yeah. The marathon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When people say, man, Hedy, I want to move to Guthrie. I'm always like, well. It's a marathon, bro. It's not. Don't. <laughs> I know I probably hype it up a little bit more than what I should, but if you come, just know it's a very slow process, but yeah. we're definitely going somewhere, and if you want to come be a part of it, come on is what I tell folks. Well, so, you're contagious, Eddie. Thanks for having me, man. No, I definitely appreciate you uh, being on with me. Now, let's talk about Instagram because your handle is J. Bryson Baker. What, what's the it J? Is. <laughs> Can you talk good. to me about the yeah, J? Is that your first name? I don't know. What's up? Yeah, it's a good question. So, you know, I grew up thinking my name was John Bryson Baker. Okay. Um, that's what my mom told me. My dad, uh, my dad's deceased now, but he called me John Bryson, uh, growing up. My parents were divorced. So when I was with him, um, but when I turned 18, I got my social security card. Mom gave me the social security, you know, you're, you're a man now registered to vote. Here's your social security card, pay your taxes. And it said, Jay, stop Bryson Baker, just the J, not even a period, not J initial, just the letter J. And so at that time, I found out my legal name was J Bryson Baker. And so I still use John as an alias for certain forms that don't allow you to use one character first names. Um, But yeah, my legal name is just the letter J. And and I thoughtfully, I pass that along to my son, that nonsense. So he's- Did you really? Yeah. yeah. So So he's he's, J Jr. Yeah. uh, Not J Jr., but he's J Baker and then- his middle name's Anson, which is a mashup of my name and my wife's name. But I passed on the How much too. cooler did you just get? Like, yeah, my name's Jay. <laughs> no, just Jay. No, not J-A-Y, just Jay. It would be a lot cooler if I didn't have to explain that whole yeah, thing every sure. time I said it. It'd be a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my uh, son's middle name is I. 
Okay. And so you spell it AI and it's uh, Japanese. Oh, okay. Yeah, for love. And so he has the same issues. He has the yeah, same, same issues. issues. <laughs> <laughs> it's our burden to bear. His, so. his first name is Zell, and then his middle name is I. So he just has that See, all. See, you're, you're yeah. one of those creative dads, too. You got to give him the creative <laughs> names. Okay. I worked I, hard for that, that though. Like, uh, I got to name him, and then my wife named our, our daughter. Okay. And then my oldest son, he's my stepson, but he's mine. So I didn't get it. I, I wasn't involved in that part. But, uh, and man, I looked for the name like forever. I wanted something <laughs> unique. I didn't want him to be, yeah. you know, like everybody else. And uh, so, yeah, I landed on Zell because of the meaning of it is sea strength. Okay. And so I, I just think that it's cool to... Uh, See, you, you take the element a bit further in that you care about the meaning yeah. behind it. I guess I'm a little more vain in that it just has to look and sound cool. So I can appreciate your style <laughs> for sure. Yeah, so I yeah. definitely... It, it took me a while. My wife was probably thought I was crazy, but uh, we worked it out. It's been really good. So cool. let, let's jump into this. One of the things that I love to do when I sit down with somebody is kind of get the origin, like the beginning. And I say, I say zero to 18. Like like, yeah. tell me about Bryson zero to eighteen. Oh man, uh, yeah. So grew up, uh, born and raised in Stillwater, Oklahoma, um, and uh, grew up probably lower middle class. You know, when you're a kid, you don't know what what you don't know. You know, so yeah. lower middle class. Uh, I grew up with my brother and a sister who's a half sister, but very much a whole sister, you gotcha. know what I mean? Yep. And so grew up in the same house with them and my mom, small duplex in Stillwater, um, shared a room with my brother who's 15 months younger than me for 16 years. Wow. <laughs> you know, in 2000, was there any fights in there? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, it's weird. You know, my brother, we have the same mom and dad. So we, the, the same DNA, you know, is there and we could not be more different. And so, yeah, many arguments, uh, there will be blood for sure. Um, but you know, that grew into a, a great friendship into adulthood. So now, um, when did that kick in? When did that like, oh, we're boys now? Like that's my guy. That's what. <sighs> what age was that? You know what? I would probably say it didn't happen until after high school. In between, okay. kind of yeah. high school, college. Uh, my brother took a little more untraditional route. Um, and uh, didn't go on to college right after high school. He was a good welder. Uh, I was in band, mm. right? <laughs> FFA <Yeah>. and band, <laughs> right? So each one of us thought the other one was really weird. Um, um, but after, when I was in college and he was kind of figuring out, you know, which way he was going to go in life, I feel like our friendship started to grow there um, in being less competitive and more friendly. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But That's I, cool. Yeah, I don't think most people have to grow up sharing a room anymore. No, well, a small yeah. room, smaller than this room, Hetty. Yeah, but people do still share rooms at times, and sure. uh, you know, like just the different challenges uh, that that happens in that. But man, I think it also helps you grow closer in the sense of like sure. you really bond, even though it doesn't feel like you're bonding. Yeah, you're bonding. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, band and FFA. So, my <laughs> FFA story is this: I had no clue what FFA was when I was growing up. Okay. Then I start when I started speaking, I would get invited out, and so I got invited out to 4-H, and then I have a friend who's an instructor at Guthrie High School for for FFA, and so then I started learning about FFA and all the different things. As an 4-H. adult, yeah, as an adult, about, okay. like, I'm like, oh my goodness, my kids have to be yeah. in FFA because yes. there's just so much in it, like so much goodness. And then I ended up, which is a really cool story, uh, coaching a young lady who went on to be a national officer for FFA. Wow. And so she was at OSU, and then they have to sit out for a year because they travel 52, 52 
weeks in a year. Well, that's they, the they FFA travel officers year. travel. Yeah, oh, for national. Okay. Then she got the opportunity to uh, be a part of a bill that Donald Trump signed. So she has the marker in the picture. Wow. He gave her the marker after he signed. The, wow. I was like, that's how cool, cool is that? Yeah, that's really yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. So I still have one that's still an FFA. My daughter's like, I'm out. And so <laughs> hopefully my son sticks with it and gets something out of it. Uh, but that's super cool. So yeah. what was middle school like for you? And then what that transition, was there a transition from high school, from middle school to high school that you remember that was any significance in that? You know, I, uh, I love school. Mm-hmm. I I love school. I loved I loved grade school. I can still remember the people, the teachers. Uh, middle school, I feel like especially especially where we're at in Stillwater is the first step into all the classes in one school. And so I remember that just being exciting. Uh, high school was cool. You know, I like to play sports, but I also had the band crowd. I had the academic side and the physical side. And um, for me, it was just exploratory in nature, which is gotcha. kind of how I operate yeah. now, just uh-huh. dabbling, trying things, meeting yeah. new people, uh, new experiences. And so uh, I look back at my high school days, you know, really with with fondness. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I'm not super friendly, close friendships with a lot of my high school friends. Okay, I'm friendly yeah. with them, yeah. um, but most of my closest relationships I actually made in college. Um, so in, in high school, fond memories. I can think back with clarity on the fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I guess that was my experience. Are you still friends with, with high school friends? So my, my best friend in high school was still best friends. I think that's cool. He was I'm jealous of that. <laughs> I think that's cool. <laughs> yes. I think that's cool. Yes. Uh, and, I, and I still like text and stuff with the high school friends. And then I live here. I, I graduated from Guthrie. Gotcha. And so I, I graduated from Stillwater. Yeah. Even though I don't live there, I'm there yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's so true. So I see my classmates. That's true. Yeah. But I was going to say, I guess I don't hang out a lot. Even though I live here, okay. like, I don't hang out with the ones that I keep in contact with and touch base with no longer live here for the most part. Okay. You know, but uh, yeah, I, I get that though. I think most people are like that. I think I've, I've had some other conversations where it's like, I don't even hang out with anybody that I went to high school with. And I think that conversation came because I was talking about my son, you know, because in high school, you know, you can have this thing of like you're concerned about what everybody says mm-hmm. or what they think. And mm-hmm. they were like, I don't even remember anybody from, you know, like I no longer even associate with anybody. I don't know where this came from, Eddie. I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Um, I'm not exactly sure what my high school friends would say about me. Ho- hopefully it would be kind yeah. because I kind of was in a lot of different groups. But I remember very early, and I don't know how you teach a kid this, but I remember, and maybe there's some arrogance in this, I could give a rip what anybody thought about yeah. me. Like I, I I don't know where that came from. It ended up being a very useful attribute yeah. to my character. Yes. But I, you know, I desperately on one side cared what everybody thought about me, but on the other side, like I could give a rip. And yeah. I don't know. I I want to I want to be able to teach that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know but, if you can. I think some of that person that I guess you can. You know, because there's some things. So I'm more of a person who's like, I need everybody to like me. I yes. Care but I work through that. Like, I am I have that side of me, but I understand, like, that will kill you, you sure. know, and it won't allow for you to uh, make the progress needed. But, sure. yeah, I think, though, too, that speaks to your uh, willingness to go and discover, you sure. know, because you really don't care what people say. But at the same yeah. time, I do care. Yeah. I like people. So yes. I'm willing to go, you know, be curious. And you're still yeah. like that today. Yeah. So you get ready to graduate. What's what was next for you? Did you already know that you were going to college? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I think I was probably more traditional in that way. I was uh, I, I was not braggadocious about this because 
with my personality, I would have thought this was kind of nerdy, but I was really good at science. (laughs) That's what I liked. Uh, I took the ACT, um, like all good high school kids. I actually took it on vacation. I was in California visiting some family and I took my ACT at an all girls Catholic high school. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Wait, it was really you. weird. So Wait, were you just like, I need to go take the ACT? Well, and- there was an opportunity to take it then, but I wanted to go on this vacation. I forget how the scheduling worked out, but um, yeah, I ended up taking it there. Now it was an all girl Catholic high school, but there were guys in there taking the test too. It was sure. just the location, but uh, uh, I was good at math and science. I ate the ACT on, on science and reasoning. That's how my brain works. I like to think I'm reasonable. Other areas of the ACT, I crashed and burned, <laughs> but the science and reasoning, I did well. And uh, I was always very, very interested. This is kind of a flyer for you, Hedy. Very interested in um, human life. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as a senior in high school, I wanted I was going to be an obstetrician. Okay. I, I wanted to be a gynecologist. I wanted to be a part of like the miracle of birth and uh-huh. life. And that was intriguing to me. Um, in between, I believe my senior year of high school and college, uh, I got this invite to go to this program that invited kids who had an affinity for science and were interested in medicine to go to a medical school and spend about three weeks at the medical school, okay. learning about it, seeing what it was like. And so I got that invitation in the mail. And as I mentioned before, lower middle-class family, it was thousands of thousands of dollars to attend. I literally took that piece of paper, threw it away. Yeah. My grandma, God rest her soul, I don't know how this happened, saw something, maybe I didn't wad it up completely, it was in a really schwanky folder, picked it out of the trash, and she came to me and she said, Bryson, uh, there's a scholarship opportunity. You could, you know, she also knew we didn't have the money, but she said, here's a scholarship. I applied for the scholarship, somehow won it. And so that summer I got to go to the University of California, Berkeley, and uh, spend three weeks living in the dorms at Cal Berkeley, uh, spending time in a cadaver lab, um, shadowing medical students, watching through observation windows, medical procedures. I got to meet Patch Adams, like the real Patch Adams. Uh, It was, I came back from that. I'm going to be a doctor. Yeah. Sealed. I'm good. Let's go. Let's go. And so, and so I started, uh, I started Oklahoma state in 2004 in the fall. And, uh, I was an undeclared major, but taking science courses, uh, chemistry one and bio and anatomy and, uh, and studying, uh, studying the field in which I thought I wanted to go into. Yeah. And, uh, then there was kind of a little flip there. And uh, it was my sophomore, maybe the end of my sophomore year, and my advisor calls me in and she says, Bryson, you got a lot of math and science classes. You're going to have to take some humanities. And I looked at her and I said, what's humanities? <laughs> you know, she, like, she said, you know, like like art classes, liberal studies. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and so she brings That's out this great. course catalog, right? Yeah, uh-huh. And she starts looking through these classes and she starts reading them out to me. She's like, Bryson, just pick one of these, you know, art one, art history one, how to draw one, acting one. And I said, wait, acting one? Um, I had had one very small experience acting in high school where the drama teacher basically begged me to audition for a Shakespeare play. I got cast in it. I still, as a small tangent, have a picture I have it framed, and it's me at the very first rehearsal for this high school Shakespearean play in which I'm playing, I kid you not, the king of the fairies, okay? (laughs) 
And and in this picture, I'm sitting in the corner like this. Yeah. Like, what did I get myself into? And so when I hear my advisor in college say acting one, I look at her and I say, you don't study acting. That's absurd. Like, you can't go to school for acting. She said, no, it's a degree. It's a field of study like engineering. And I said, that sounds like the easiest A I've ever heard of. Sign, Sign me, me up. up. Sign me up. <laughs> and man, that's where everything changed. That's where everything changed. So that next semester, I still remember my classes. I was taking an English comp course, which was every freshman had to take. Uh, then I was taking organic chemistry, physics one, and acting one. Those were my four courses. And I remember coming home at night and telling my roommates, um, man, school sucks. It's so hard. And they were like, yeah, physics. And I was like, no, dude, this acting class, like it's crushing me. It's killing me. This acting class is crushing me. He's like, physics, I got acting is killing me. And so then I kind of turned into a bad student and I I stopped going to my physics class uh, and just got all into the acting thing. And uh, so you, you, you were drawn to the harder thing and kind of started you know, Hedy, it's kind of like this. It's like if you're a, if you're studying math, right? You're you you're studying these formulas and trying to evolve or arrive at some solution, right? And you do all this work and you present it to the teacher for evaluation, right? It's me shifting the focus from myself to the work. Yeah, acting is a complete opposite. You are being evaluated. Mm. Your person. It is inescapable, mm-hmm. and uh, that was really that was really connecting with me. You know, it was becoming very apparent to me that as somebody who struggled with anxiety coming out of high school, I was on on medication. Um, that you can't possibly become a good actor unless you know yourself first. Mm. You can't truthfully embody the given circumstances of another human being if you don't know yours first. Yeah. And uh, with young actors, especially, they challenge you on that to know yourself better. And that's what was rocking me. You know, gotcha. we none of us want to deal yeah, with yeah, us, yeah. right? And so, uh, long story short, you know, I had way too much math and science for an acting degree. So I got a Bachelor of Science degree in liberal studies, um, but I still had an appetite. And so I went back to OSU and got a BFA, a Bachelor of Fine Arts in Acting specifically. And then my appetite still wasn't quite quenched and went back and got my master's degree in theatrical performance. And so, <laughs> and so, and so I'm doing that. And uh, yeah, a big shift from the high school thought process to college. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> so did you ever like, I'm going to Hollywood or is that completely? So I don't know the difference. So yeah. I'm going to Hollywood. No, I want to teach it. Like, Sure. Yeah. So you know what? It's probably very much. I remember talking to one of the coaches at Oklahoma State one time and I asked him, I said, be honest with me. You know, you got a hundred guys on the team. How many of them think they're going pro? statistically zero, right? Yeah. But how many of them think? And I kid you not, he looked at me in the eyes, he said, Bryson, all of them. <laughs> the third string deep snapper thinks he's going pro, right? Uh, that's that's really the same for collegiate actors. Uh-huh. I mean, a lot of them have aspirations of that. And I think that's good. That's noble. Um, that's motivating. And I was very much the same. Um, going into my graduate degree, um, taking on some more serious roles, uh, really working on my craft as an actor, and uh, at that point, this may, that's a good question. You've done this before. Good segue. Yeah. Uh, I met the girl. So I met, I met my wife uh, working a part-time job, and uh, that kind of changed my trajectory a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, at the early part of our relationship, I was, 
I was acting quite a bit um, in roles at OSU, um, some small little independent films and things of that nature. And one of the things for me is acting for me, not all actors. I know a lot of incredibly selfless actors, but for me, acting makes me selfish. It makes me selfish with my psychology, mm. with my emotions, with my sexuality, mm. with my, I mean, with anything you can imagine, it makes you selfish. And I had such a hard time um, letting go of a character. Um, and one of the things you should know about me is I'm a pretty positive guy. Yeah. And in my acting career, I loved to go after the villain role. Oh, okay. And so that's what I was always going yeah, for. Yeah. And so most of my roles, the one, especially the ones that maybe I won scholarships for or awards for, uh, I played the bad guy. And uh, I had a hard time letting go of those characters. My, Rachel would tell you when we were dating, I would get done with a role. Um, there was one film I worked on in particularly where I pay, played a not so endearing guy and I would burn my script and literally physically get sick for like two days. Wow. Like I just, my body was like wanting to purge this character. Right. And, uh, and so I met my wife, um, when I first met her, I told her, Hey, we're, we're going to California. And so that's what she thought we were going to do. We were going to move to California once I graduated and over time, like, um, the Lord works in mysterious ways, yeah. right? And uh, he started working on me through Rachel. I was very much a different person when I met her. Um, started to really care more about relationship, uh, family, mm -hmm. um, creating things of substance. And uh, so I took a job at Best Buy, um, worked there for a little bit. Then OSU was going to grand open the new student union, and they were going to hire somebody to manage the technology area. I applied for that job, wildly underqualified, um, got that. And that year, 2010, 2011, I just started thinking, okay, I'm not going to be an actor. <laughs> That's okay. Like, I'm not going to be an actor. Um, and I said, what am I going to do? So whenever you yeah. got this OSU job, it was a full-time yeah. job. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And how long did you stay in that? Because I know what you do now as far as OSU goes. Yes. So this job I got at OSU was was retail. You know, they were wanting to, um, and I really shouldn't understate this, you know, they were grand opening the new student union and they were looking to somebody for somebody to come in and assist in the technology area gotcha. where they sell computers. I came in and really inspired by what I learned as an actor, I wanted to create something of significance. I wanted mm. to create that character, right? Yeah. So I actually for four years got to build a brand called, excuse me, called Orange Tech is what it's called, still there today. Um, and I was able to build that business from maybe $325,000 in annual revenue. By the time I left, um, we were well over maybe $2 million wow. in revenue. And I got to learn on OSU's dime, yeah. which sounds insensitive, but I really got to learn. Um, and well, I start Everybody's learning on somebody else's dime for the moment. You know. You're right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. right. And so that was a, a huge opportunity that really started to show me that I had a unique approach to business mm. and i think it's rooted in the empathetic nature of acting yeah because acting is all about how we react to our yeah. partner not yeah. how we react and so yeah so i did that at osu for four years so so talking about <laughs> so we, we talk about go in go in mm. is being consistent and doing those right things to oh. that allow for you to achieve the wins that you define for yourself sure so that you can live out your greatest story mm. so what i just heard you say is that you went from three hundred twenty-five thousand. To maybe over two million in revenue, right? Sure. Um, now that may not have been, and it may have been a win that you define for yourself, but that's definitely a win. Sure. So what what I would like to ask you is, in that, 
what were some right things that you were consistent in that you feel like allowed for y'all to go from this 325 to 2 million? It's a great question. And of course you, you asked the best questions, Hetty. Uh, you know what? I think, uh, uh, definitely a go win strategy I have is to, is to make sure, and this is cliche, but it is true fundamentally, uh, to make sure you're never the smartest person in the room. Mm. And uh, I've been so blessed to, to be a part of amazing teams and create some amazing teams. And that Orange Tech's really an example of that. So when I got that job, uh, the first thing I did was ask the people who hired me, if you weren't going to hire me, who would you have hired? And they told me about this guy, Chris Peters, Chris Peters. And I said, well, why didn't you hire? They told me about him. Chris Peters uh, was his literal title at the time was Apple creative. Um, he had worked in aviation engineering and maintenance. He um, knew computers like the back of his hand and they hired me. I had a theater <laughs> degree and I it started to, I started to connect the dots and I, and I asked them, I said, did I get this job because I have a college degree? And they said, yeah. They basically told me yes uh -huh. without saying me yes. Yeah. And so I said, would it be okay or what do I have to do to hire him to work with me? And they said, we can make that happen. And so my first hire was the guy who probably should have gotten the job. Wow. And so him being a part of that team uh, is really was a contributing part of the success of that group. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a lot of other things involved in running a business on the day to day. But in terms of a go win strategy, yeah. that that's definitely one of mine. I I relish being the dumbest one in the room. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah, do. I yeah. really do. No, so. that's good. And because when you do that, consistently put the right people around you, uh, you have a greater chance of winning. That's reason I love community. Mm. You know, whenever I, I think about the whole community wins, yeah. right? Like, let's share our stories. Let's connect. Let's learn about each other. Let's learn from one another. Uh, let's inspire one another. Because in that community, that's where I think you can have the most success, especially if you are willing to be selfless yes. and let the people who are better than you, like, no, you get out there. Yeah. I'll be behind you serving you in order for us to get to wherever that do you view, you just made me think of something when you said that. Do you view yourself, I'm starting to view myself more like this, and I think when I look at you, I think of this. Do you view, like, one of your best qualities in your ability to connect others? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm starting to get yeah. feel yeah. like that a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah, no, I would say that if I add any value to people, it's typically me connecting them yeah. to somebody else. And um, there's great, va I'm starting to realize there's great value in that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. what happens is when, when you start connecting people, especially if you know where they're trying to get to, like mm. when you know the win that they're, they've defined for their lives. Sure. And then you say, okay, I got so-and-so, so-and-so. When they finally start making progress towards that, you're the person that, and in that now, I don't, and I don't do it for selfish reasons, but there's typically a blessing that comes out of that. Well, that. and that to, is that. So I hear you. I'm like that too. When I when there's a connection made, and I think to myself, maybe selfishly, I made that happen. That is a. I'm getting that dopamine hit up here. Oh, like that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, so yeah. that for me, that yeah. is part of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think sometimes I judge myself a little bit. You know, you see, and I don't post a, a ton of this, but you see me at a coffee shop with a coffee or having a cocktail at a bar. And sometimes I think in my head, are people seeing that and being like, oh, he's just having another coffee date with some dude. <laughs> and they don't see the the intention yeah, the, behind the it. The yeah, intention behind yeah. it. Like, no, I've yeah. been, I've had this, I've had this meeting ordained for 
two months. Yeah. And now's the, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, and, and two, let me say this too. Like typically when I'm making a connection, I don't see any value outside of adding the value to the person when it comes to me. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Now some, and, and oftentimes, more often than not, do I receive anything out of that outside of the satisfaction of being like, man, I connected somebody. Uh, my my life mission is to help people go further better by teaching them the go in approach. So sometimes it's not even so much that I'm teaching them the go in approach, but just helping them go further better. Yeah. And that's by connecting them to people. So, uh, but social media is, I don't even think about that kind of stuff. I just share my story. And, yeah. and there's going to be certain people who are going to be inspired by it. And there's going to be other people who are going to be turned off yeah. by it. The interesting thing is that the people who are turned off by it don't stop following you. They continue to follow you. Know. How, do you deal, how do you deal with that? You know, I, I try to like be uncompromisingly positive. Yeah. And it seems to me that there, and I don't want to admit this, but it seems that there's people out there that just want to be upset they want to be victims they want to shoot down success or positivity yeah uh sometimes i don't deal how do you deal with that how do you deal with that (laughs) well i just think i think of the marathon yeah everything's a marathon and so sometimes to win people over it's a marathon and if they continue to stay connected to you in some way even though they find themselves frustrated by Mm. you i think there's a sense of there's something inside people who say there's something about that person that i want even though it's driving me crazy and I pray for me as a believer, that's Jesus. Like they see something in me that's positive and, and I feel like there's like something that, that God like is speaking to them. That. I'm playing uh, this back and writing that down. That's so good. Yeah. that's that's the hope is that mm-hmm. they see something in me. And so I'm willing to let them say whatever. And I don't get a lot of that very rarely, but let them continue to be in whatever mode. And I just continue to be the bigger person, continue to treat them with kindness and even add value to them. Like how can I figure out how I can even add value to those people if I, if I can in in any such way. Uh, And that's typically by connecting them or pointing them in a direction or even sharing sometimes their post, you know, Mm -hmm. especially if I see that they're doing something that's uh, good, you know? And so, yeah. I like that. That's, that's that's the gist of it. So when somebody somebody's negative towards you, you double down on the oh, kindness. <laughs> my like wife, it, it drives like my it. wife crazy. It drives my wife crazy. Like uh, she's like, "Why are you taking them donuts?" I'm like, "Because some, for some reason something's going on with them, and it's really not about me. You know, whatever's going on with that person is not me because I know what I'm. You're done just to gonna them. ask them to hate the dude bringing them donuts. That's right. That's right. Like I always tell this story about. Uh, I got some service here in in this community and it was the wrong service. And, um, and so once I found that out, like versus that person was disappointed or mad or whatever that, that it had, I just took the whole team donuts the next day, you know? And, uh, and so whatever I can do to come back and say, you know what? Hey, don't think that I'm holding any grudge. I want to be as kind as possible. Cause one day I'm going to need that. Like one day I'm going to mess mm-hmm. up. So I want people to show me grace. And so I'm always leaning more sort of towards the side of like, the Bible, this is not a Christian podcast, but, you know, in a sense of like, it's not. Sure. A, the Bible says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So those, I, I tell about go win and being consistent, doing the yeah. right things. I want to consistently do that. I love the best that. I can. I'm so, convicted by that. That's good. <laughs> so I've that's, heard you. That, that, that is the goal. So now in that. It's all about customer service, connecting with clients, and you're in that that arena or connecting with your students. You know, I know that uh, you have every man, um, you're a, a professor, so you have students, every man, you have customers, right? Uh, I know that you uh, service people in wedding 
yeah. weddings yeah. with uh, with their attire and different things of that nature. Sure. Uh, when you think about you being a barber, which is connected to every man, there's customers and all these things. Uh, and in that, you have some type of a win that you've defined for yourself, right? Uh, I, I don't know what that is. But when I think about what we just finished talking about, it's all about how do we treat people the best. Mm. And, and those who are com- considered customers or clients, we definitely want to go above and beyond because sure. I understand that when we do that with those people, they go and tell the story yeah. of Bryson, right? Sure. And then those people come back and be like, I heard about your story through whatever. Great haircut or you dressed them well, <laughs> whatever it may be, right? Right. So in all of that, let's talk about maybe a, a, a life win that you have. Okay. And then let's talk about a work win. And whenever you talk about your work win, you can talk about – like I may have not communicated well exactly what you do. You can do that then. But okay. let's talk about a yeah. win, a life win that you have. And at least one thing that you're like, I wake up every day or every week or once a month to do this in order to get to that life win. Mm. Do you have do yeah. you have that? Uh I I think I do. Okay. I think I do. I uh admittedly I I don't I don't set goals. Okay. Does that sound weird? It sounds no, weird no, when no, I no. say yeah, it out yeah. loud. Uh, <laughs> but I don't, you know, I don't have a list of goals. I don't at the beginning of the year set set goals um, in my mind as a life goal. You know, I know this isn't a Christian podcast, as you just said, yeah, but you know, I, I'm I'm here at the will of the Lord. And yeah. When He wants to take me out of this world, He it, that's His His call, and so my life goal is just to serve him. Now, for me, I, I take that a bit further and say, well, how has he positioned me? What are my skills? You know, And I feel like our skills are maybe similar in that I feel like he's given me a creative approach to building things. Mm-hmm. And those things in my life right now are business ventures and relationships. And yeah. so um, as a life goal, I want to see how many businesses, and you mentioned every man, there's a lot more up here, uh, how many businesses I can create that add value to this planet and how many relationships I can build. Um, I'm 0% interested in stacking up a a big pile of of money or aspiring to to wealth of any kind. Um, If that comes, it's only a means to an end of doing the next thing that, that God puts in my way. So as a life goal, I just want to be uncompromisingly supple in my heart to what, what the next thing is, you know, being open to it. Um, some wins in my life are definitely meeting my wife. Uh, sometimes it terrifies me to think of the person I may be without her, yeah. <laughs> without her in my wife. In my life, um, You're like, I would be in trouble. Most it, men would say that. Though. Yeah, and so that that relationship was was pivotal for me and in a in a great victory in life. Um, you know a little bit about my wife, but you know she's had a health concern. That's mm-hmm. why we moved to Oklahoma City. Um, we had fertility issues in there. Um, we both had issues on the f- fertility spectrum, and uh, so that made it really easy to adopt. And not nobody, neither one of us were made to feel guilty in any way. And both of us wanted to adopt. Yeah. You know, we wanted our kid being adopted to be our first choice, gotcha. you know, not this is what we had to do because we couldn't do it the other way. And so a great win in our life was being able to adopt our son from the hospital and, and his birth mom, Aaliyah, um, you know, picking us to be, to be his parents. Um, so those are life wins, but ultimately I'm just here at the service of the Lord and, uh, I need correction from time to time for sure. And I'm sure there's <laughs> need to be redirected. Yes, up. sir. Yes, yeah. sir. For sure. Um, so in that way, I, I don't put, 
I don't put too much pressure on yeah. myself to, yeah. I, I think from the outside in, when people look at me, they might say, I don't know how you feel about this word, but they say you're busy. Uh-huh. You're real busy. Yeah. To me, that's, to me, I hear, I don't know about you. I hear that as a bad word. Mm-hmm. To me, I hear busy as a bad word. Um, I, I would hope those closest to me know from a life perspective, I, I make myself available to the things that are most important to me. Yeah. Um, if you look at my calendar, I'm intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I book myself every 10 minutes if I have to. I'm intentional, but I'm intentional about the things that are important. Yeah. I look at life as like a, uh, um, we're talking about life goals, like a, a rag that's soaked, right? Yeah. And so like that soaked rag is me like at birth. And I want, if God gives me the years, by the time I'm done, I want it like bone dry. Yeah. So I just look at my day-to-day, not as like, this is my goal for today, but what drop can I squeeze out? Yeah. Like, where is that drop going to come from? So life-wise, I mean, that's probably what I would say. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I think I hear you saying is that it's not so much that you've clearly defined and I kind of see wins and goals as a little bit different. Like I think everybody has a win in them. Like sure. they see in the direction that they want to go. Right. Sure. And so you see life in this certain way and you're saying one of the things I'm consistent in is I make sure that my calendar uh, nice. is based yeah. on my intentions. Like the things that I want to yeah. be the most intentional about, that's what you'll see on my calendar. You're so good at and that. And because yeah, of that, that's exactly right. Because of that, you you are able to move forward in the way that you kind of see life supposedly being for you or your family, things of like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think so just to kind of help people with that, because I think so many people are super consistent in doing things in order to get to wherever that is, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I want to be 220 pounds by June 1st, which is my birthday. I have a, a few things that I'm consistent in in order to try to get to that 220 sure. pounds. Uh, work out every day. Mm-hmm. Eat right. How you doing? Yeah, doing good at both. Right. Doing good, good at good. both. <laughs> uh, um, learning from others. So constantly asking my brother-in-law who eats very well, like, tell me some meals you're doing. What does that look like for you? And also learning new exercise. So I'm consistently trying to learn mm-hmm. in order. So those are the kind of things. Yeah. But for the people who, like you just said, you wake up and you're intentional and that's based on your yes, calendar. That's right. Yeah. I feel like I'm in therapy right now. That's no. good. You know, you, you I'm some, just clarifying, just make sure. Well, I'm you're you. you're clarifying it for me, and I'm the one saying it, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I think that uh, the way I value time mm-hmm. is maybe that that win. Yeah. How I want to be intentional. Yeah. Uh, you know, my wife gave that to me, and that you know she had this condition that was taking her life away from her, and that just reiterated to me at a young age mortality and the value of life and time and yeah. that we we don't get it back um and so yeah yeah no that's good how yeah. long y'all been married this year will be 10 10 years wow. oh my gosh this is the 10th year uh yeah 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 2011 cool. wow 10 years man that's Eddie, what deal. should i do for yeah, 10 year hey, anniversary I, I gotta do something good don't ask me that because my wife may listen <laughs> How, wait, how long have you been married? I've been married 18 years. Okay. Going on 18 years. Yeah. Gotcha. 2003 okay. was when we got uh, married. And so, yeah. It feels 18. like it goes fast a oh, little bit. Oh, it does go fast. 10 it years. Goes fast. Yeah. You know, I think the, the, the hard thing about marriage is being intentional because mm. you start doing it more and more. It's easy to just kind of forget. I mean, you're still there. It feels good. It feels But marriage is a very intentional thing. If you want it to continue to thrive and be really fruitful, I yeah. feel like, and it's not just there. You so know? how do you, 
you know, I, I feel like that's a good life conversation real quick yeah. is that, you know, that's not an area of great victory for me right now. And in, in balancing, you know, it's kind of like this tug at you, right? I don't know if you feel like this, like when I'm at work, I'm neglecting my family. When I'm at family, I'm neglecting this call oh, on yeah, my life yeah, for yeah. work uh-huh. and like negotiating those two. And, and my wife has come a long way from being married to a guy who works eight to five to a guy who, I mean, I work 30 days in a row for 15 <laughs> hours and then I'm like, Hey, let's take two weeks off. You know? So, she, it, yeah. it, so yeah. how, do you, you have know, that pull? I, I think, I think, um, I think you have to have this understanding like the, in, so we're going to go back to the Bible. I think the Bible talks about having a, uh, a, um, Sabbath day. Right. Mm-hmm. And that Sabbath day is just one day, six days a week. The Bible saying there's probably some work that needs to be getting done, mm. and and the Bible also talks about if you don't work, you don't eat. In mm. um, every story that I read, not every story, but oftentimes when I read the Bible, and, and I only use the Bible because that's where I use, I try to hold my principles from, sure, and, and to live life. Paul and them talked about working all day, and then at night they were doing ministry. You know, uh, and Jesus was always about his father's business, right? And so in our work. I feel like that's where we get to be a light. So I get to interact with people. I get to do those things. My family, I get to be a good steward over, hopefully teaching them in these same principles that when they get older, that's how they go about doing life. Mm-hmm. Because if we get caught up in thinking our families, the, our families are important, but is it the most important thing? Because this is what Jesus said. He said, who is my brother or sister? You know, yeah. Uh, the only time that he talks about uh, really highlights something is your wife. He says, "Love your wife as Christ loves the church." So, mm-hmm. I think in that love, I don't think love means I got to be taking honeymoons and vacations all the time. Love is that I'm loving her and taking care of her in the same way that God treat, carries me. God doesn't call me and be like, "Hey, we're going on vacations." <laughs> no, God is like, "You better get to work." Matter of fact, there's only a few of you, and the harvest is plentiful. Amen. So, how do we get to Amen. work? So, Amen. in that, I think if God God is producing um, loving me, joy, peace, patience, self-control, and all those things. And that's how I am navigating my relationship with my wife mm-hmm. will be good. You know, I think a lot yeah. of the worldly stuff we learn and we take, and mm-hmm. then that's what we're basing our – Yeah. now this is just me having a no, conversation. No, that's real. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, so those are the ways that I think – I taught relationship classes for 10 years or so. And uh, I think in that, I think that's what I saw, even with the relationships that I feel like were good and were bad. I think the missing thing was like we we begin to take on the world's expectations, mm-hmm. which aren't real, like mm-hmm. movies and love songs right. and all these different yeah. things. Yeah. It's like, bro, that I don't think that's the most healthy way. So sure, I think I appreciate loving that. your loving your wife as Christ loves the church, and we know what love is: it's patience. You know, yeah, not counting all the record wrongs. record of wrongs, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah which is so. bad for us guys anyway, because I can't remember anyway. I can't so. remember anything. Yeah. So, so, so in that, that's kind of the life, right? That's sure. life, marriage, children, mm-hmm. the challenges of life. The Bible again, go back to it. Says this world, there will be trouble. Mm. So it's not something that's going to be easy. The Bible never says life will be easy. And then when we talk about our work, you're doing a lot of different types of work yeah. in, in, in this life. And this, uh, can we talk about a little bit of that and, and maybe yeah. talk about where you're heading with that and what are some sure. things you're doing to get down the road? 
Yeah. So, uh, definitely a question I struggle with sometimes when somebody asks, you know, what do you do? You know, I'm sure you probably yeah. struggle with yes. this too. What, on my what? family, my son, if I call my son up here, right? Zell! <laughs> Zell! Oh, we're doing it. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I'm not. I'm here. Zell! He won't answer. FaceTime Zell. I'm sorry for screaming <laughs> in the mic. I wonder what that's going to be like. I wonder if I like the things. Of- FaceTime call to Zell. <laughs> well, we'll ask Zell. If he answers, <laughs> we're, we're FaceTiming my my son right now. Oh, he answered. Hey, Zell, what do you tell people I do when they ask you, what does your dad do for a living? I said, when, when, um, when your friends or somebody asks you, what does your dad do for a living? What do you tell them? <laughs> oh, you don't you don't really know it just kind of depends on what they ask you yeah he talks on the phone <laughs> <laughs> he talks Bye. on the phone <laughs> so so you totally get it I, yeah, yeah that's yeah. yeah if you if you were to ask my my six-year-old or my wife like it, it's hard to articulate. So I would probably answer it in a couple ways. You know, what generates income so I can pay my mortgage? Got well, uh, teaching at OSU pays me a little bit. That's where I get my health insurance from. And then my business, Everyman, um, yeah. supports me as well. So we do barbering and menswear and, and a bunch of different things uh, with coffee and wedding services and generosity, give back, philanthropic stuff. So those things kind of bankroll me and kind of pay the bills. Um, all of that is a means to an end. And so this would probably be, um, what I would view as my win on the business side. You know, we want to get to a point where, um, we can create our own nonprofit that is relentlessly pursuing young boys who don't have dads in the home. That was me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that set me up for failure in a lot of ways. Um, I think it sets up all young young men for trouble when they don't have strong male influence in their life. And so I want to create a nonprofit that just focuses on that and then use what we've built as a business to support that and change and impact lives. So that would be the win on the business gotcha. side. Everything else we do um, points, like steers us to that true north, which is the mentorship of young men without dads. Got you. So, uh, as a businessman, what what would you be like? There's people listening right now. There's sure. always those people who want to be entrepreneurs. Uh, um, what what would you say would be a hey? This is a big challenge when you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, having your own business, running your show. What what would you say that big challenge is that you have to always fight? Uh, you already gave it to us, and it, I, the more time that passes by, I'm more convicted that patience, mm-hmm. patience, 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 um, the marathon, you, you got to embrace it. Um, I'm blessed to be able to do different things with the entrepreneurship school at Oklahoma State University and and be kind of close to the entrepreneurship program and hear about and be a part of student ideas and brainstorming and entrepreneurship competitions. And sometimes I think we forget because it's so easy now to put entrepreneur on your Instagram handle, right? We forget that it's a process and it Mm. takes time. You know, every man is paying me now. It just started paying me in 2018 and we started it in 2011. 
Wow. (laughs) So for seven years, not only did we not get paid, and my wife will tell you this uh, with gritted (laughs) teeth, but we were also putting our own money into it. And so um, patience, patience. And we we were uncompromising about the vision. Um, We were committed to the process and we just trusted we were smart. Um, we were frugal when we needed to be. Mm-hmm. We still tried to focus on a tenant that we have as a business that's irrational generosity. Where can we keep giving back yeah. um, to the point that it was painful? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think the win for our business is getting to a point where we can bankroll this this nonprofit. I've, I've been leaning towards calling it, uh, I'm getting more and more into history and my family's history yeah. and my family's Irish and uh, there's a word in the Irish, granithair, granithair. I just think it sounds cool, granithair. And it's from the Gaelic fatherless. And so I kind of, I don't know. I'm thinking that would be maybe a good name for our nonprofit, granithair. I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No, I was thinking that you're going to have every in there, like every day, you know, every father. We, every, the way we uh, work on it, it's called every young man in our system uh, right now. Uh, um, but uh, I don't know. Something more elevated sounds yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. What's inspiring you right now? Man, Hedy, I think exactly what inspires you, I think, and you mm-hmm. can correct me if I'm wrong, and that's other people. Yeah. Um, hearing other people's stories, um, engaging with other yeah. people who are doing cool stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that mentality of of never the smartest room never the smartest person in the room and seeking out well who's the smartest who's doing this better than i am even on the philanthropy side like who's giving back and investing in their communities like you are better than i am um and being inspired by them that's good how can people follow you uh yeah oh good grief uh i'm on instagram personally j bryson baker that name. So you can check me out there. And, uh, yeah, I happy to respond to all comments, questions I want to engage. So yeah, yeah. that's good. That's good, man. I appreciate you being on here with me. Blessing, man. We might have to do a round two and three and four, man. (laughs) I think we almost could just, uh, do, uh, so we could do every man we could do. I would love to dive more into being a, a, a professor, what that looks like, yeah. interacting with the students, you know, uh, being a father, you know. I am so, in this so weird situation where I'm at barber school as a student and then I leave for two hours as a professor and come back as a student. But yeah, yeah. happy to be here. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I man, listen to all I the podcasts and I'm always inspired. So. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for hitting that play button for another episode of the Hetty Coleman podcast and as always ladies and gentlemen as always go win yes